Father, we thank you for a wonderful night. We thank you for the gathering of your people. We thank you for the spirit of unity. We thank you for the gift of life. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let the believers shout, Amen. My God, my God. The fundamental teachings of Jesus Christ. The fundamental teachings of Jesus Christ. The service has begun. One more time, share the link, share the link, share the link. In the next one minute, I want to see everybody share the link. Oh God. Oh God. I release the blessings of the Lord upon anybody who is taking their time to share the link. I release the blessings of God upon anybody who is taking their time to share the link. I release the, the hell from above upon anybody who is taking their time to share the link. Let every difficult situation turn around. Let every difficult situation turn around. Let every difficult situation turn around. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let Koradisha, Badevalada, Bradoska Tebaliza, Bradoska Tebaliza, Akadosha Ketabalaba, Rekatakadabada, Lekadosha, let the spirit of the Lord move, let the spirit of the Lord move, let the spirit of the Lord move, and anybody who has forgotten, let the spirit of God remind them, anybody who is feeling dull to join the service, let the spirit of the Lord bring them on. Board up. Anybody who is reluctant, up. let the spirit of God revive them. Up. Anybody who is down, up. let the spirit of God lift them up. up. In the name of Jesus, up. let Kadosha, up. let Kadabadabosha, Kadabadabosha, let Paradaha, Radosh Katepapa, let Kakakapa, Rapadosha. Anybody with a dying fire, up. everybody, up. or anybody with a dying fire, up. receive fresh fire, be revived tonight. Up. In the name of Jesus, up. come on, right. We speak to the atmosphere. We come against any resistance, any handles, anything that will stand in our way. We break it down. We break it down. In the name of Jesus, we declare as we are about to speak on the fundamental teachings of Jesus. We lay down the groundwork. We lay down the foundations. We lay down the stronghold of Jesus upon the church. In the name of Jesus, we declare that anything. That will be loopholes that are unseen, that are hidden, that are considered. Father, we pray, let these loopholes be sealed in Jesus' name. Let Kadosh Tepa, Rabadashkapa, let Supradashka Pradisha, Malata Kadosh Tepa, let Kadoha. We are praying that as the Spirit of the Lord is about to speak, we pray, let go 
God take charge and let God take dominion and let God speak to his people in the mighty name of Jesus and we pray let this be the next dimension of the ministry let this be the next dimension of prayer life let this be the next dimension of the team in the name of Jesus let Kadosh we refuse to leave the same we refuse to leave the same in the name of Jesus let the believers shout amen come on come on come on Jesus is God and Jesus came and dwelt as a man on earth so that he could push humanity from the old covenant into the new covenant which we call the new testament today listen to me the service has begun the lord is speaking this is called the new covenant for a reason this is called the new testament for a reason and the reason why we call it the new testament is because it is new it is new we are no longer under the old covenant we are no longer under the old testament we are no longer under the old laws this is the new covenant and i pray over your life because you are here and are willing to listen to me and to the word of god i pray upon your life that the lord god shall establish a new covenant with you and not just you but with your womb and not just your womb but with anything or anyone that will come out of you in the name of Jesus, I pray and extend that same blessing, that same covenant upon your family, upon your children, upon your siblings in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the Lord shall establish a new covenant with you in Jesus' name. Shout Amen. This is called the new covenant because it is new. The thing with new things is that they do not have to, they do not have a firm foundation. Sorry, if they do not have a firm foundation, they will not stand in any chance. Follow carefully. The problem, I said, the problem with new things is that if they do not have a firm foundation, they will not stand in any chance. So Jesus needed to lay down a very strong spiritual foundation in his teachings so that he could fulfill the purpose of his ministry. Follow me. I'm building something. This strong spiritual foundation is what I call the fundamental teachings of Jesus Christ. Something is happening. Now, these teachings set the groundwork for the believer's entire walk with God. It means that for you to understand how to walk right with God, you need to be able to understand or grasp this fundamental teachings because if you leave them out then you do not qualify to be a Christian if you leave them out then you do not qualify to be a believer if you leave them out then you do not qualify to be a son or a daughter of God listen to me Anybody that claims he or she is a Christian cannot do away with any of these teachings. 
Not even one of them. Do you understand? Quickly, take me to Hebrews chapter 6, reading from verse 1 through to verse 3. Hebrews chapter 6, reading from verse 1 through to 3. God bless you. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, in other words, the basic teachings of Christ, in other words, the fundamental teachings of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment Hmm. listen to this he said and this we will preach if God permits and this we will teach again if God permits because these are the fundamental teachings of Jesus and the writer is saying let us not we should leave the discussion or the preaching of the fundamental teachings of jesus and let us move on to a higher level that is the level of perfection not going back to the foundation of repentance the foundation of faith towards god the foundation of the doctrine of baptisms the foundation of the laying on of hands the foundation of the resurrection of the dead and the foundation of eternal judgment but still we will preach these things if god permits that is what the writer is saying follow carefully Hmm. so these things that he took his time to mention these are the fundamental teachings of jesus please understand there are six fundamental teachings of jesus christ Are we together? There are how many? Six fundamental teachings of Jesus Christ. Basic principles of Christianity. You need to understand. You cannot say I believe in one and do not believe in the other. Or I I accept one or do not accept the other. When you do, it means you are not a Christian. When you do, you are not a believer. When you do, you do not belong to Christ. So the first principle is the repentance from dead works the repentance from dead works not just repentance but repentance from dead works hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, 1 4. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish or without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works? What are these dead works? The Bible says, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God or cleanse your conscience from dead works so that you can serve the living God which means that anything else you are serving that is not the living God is what the Bible classifies as dead works. Am I speaking to somebody? Many of us we are so focused on our dreams we are so focused on our ambitions we are so focused on our relationships we are so focused on the things we want to accomplish we are so focused on our targets we are so focused on our ministries such that we do not even have time to consider service to the living god because the question i have is what you are doing that thing that you are doing are you offering sacrifice or are you serving the living god and that which you are into are you serving the living god if anything you are in anything that you are in today that is not serving the living god that thing is dead works listen there are more dangerous things than sin because even the people who are serving the living god they sin the bible is not talking about repentance from sin the bible is talking about repentance from dead works Am I saying you shouldn't repent from your sins? Of course you need to. Because sins are only a part of dead works. But dead works as, on a whole is bigger than sin. Many of us, we are so focused on our education. We are so focused on our jobs. We keep on complaining, man of God, I am sorry I couldn't join because I've been busy with work. You see, your work is taking you away from service to God. It means that in this case, your work or your job has become dead works. I'm not talking about sin. I am not talking about any other thing. I am talking about dead works. Many of us are so focused on traveling up and down, doing ministry, running up and down, and yet everything we are into has nothing to do with service to God. It has nothing to do with service to God. We are serving our dreams. We are serving our ambition. Dead works. Dead works. Dead works. Dead works. Papa, I am sorry I've been busy with work. Papa, I am sorry I've been busy with school. Papa, I am sorry I've been busy with my family. Papa, I am sorry I've been busy with this. All these things are what the Bible categorizes as dead works. Are we together? The first principle of Jesus or the first basic teaching of Jesus it's repentance from dead works. That is why a prostitute will come to Jesus and Jesus will tell, tell her, I have forgiven you, just go your way. But the Pharisees will come and Jesus will say, I, I weep for these people, I cry for these people. They are hypocrites, they are serpents. Why? Because these guys are so much caught up in dead works. They want people to see what they are doing and yet they are not serving God. They want people to see how much they are praying and yet they are not serving God. They want people to see how much offerings they are giving and yet they are not serving God, they are serving their personal ambitions. Dead works much more dangerous than sin. 
Am I giving you the opportunity to sin? Am I telling you it is okay to sin? That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is even sin is part of dead works. But dead works is bigger than sin. That is why Jesus said, many will come, they will say, I did this in your name. I casted out demons in your name. I was able to heal diseases in your name. I was able to transform lives in your name. I was able to do this in your name. And yet the Bible said, at the end of the day, the Lord God, he will say to them, I never knew you. Because everything they were busy doing had nothing to do with God. All that they spent their years on had nothing to do with God. They were not doing it in service to God, but they were doing it in service to their fame, in service to their ministry, in service to their relationship, in service to their jobs. I said my people will not like my message. I am sorry that I am giving you just basic things tonight. But these basic things are the foundations we need to build the church on. Dead works. Many of us we give a lot in the church, but we give so that people respect us. We give a lot in the church, but we give so that people honor us. We give a lot in the church, but we give so that people or we will have the audacity to rule over them. We are only showing off. God bless you, Miss Lily. We are only showing off. What we are doing is not in service to God. It is in service of our ego. In service of our pride. Dead works. Dead works. There are people who join the service. Just so that I wouldn't have to call them. And ask them why they are not here. When you do that you are only here to prove to me that you are here. But you are not here to meet God. What you are doing is what we call dead works. Showing up is not enough. You must have the right mindset. The right personality. The right preparation. In order to show up. You do not show up because you want your prophet to see you. You do not show up because you want your pastor to know you are here. But you show up because you want to serve God. You show up because you want to learn and draw closer to God. You show up because you want to build up yourself spiritually in service to God. Not for me to see because even me myself I do not come to prove to you I can preach. I do not come to prove to you I can prophesy. I do not come to let you know that I am higher spiritually but I come so that I can serve God. Dead works. Somebody say dead works. These are the things that we do not preach in the church today. And the men of God keep on telling you, you will do well in life, you will prosper in life, you will get to your next level. And yet we are not willing to fix our attitude towards the service of God. How can the church grow? So these days, the people are growing, but the church is not growing. The people, they are getting money, but the church is not getting money. The people, they are being blessed, but the church is not being blessed. Because everybody in the church today is so self-ambitious. And it is all about what we want to receive. It is all about what we want to gain. It is all about what we want to build for ourselves and our families. Men pleases. How can a church be poor when the members of the church are rich? How can
can the church remain the same when the members of the church are being transformed every day? It means that when we gather today, we do not gather as a church anymore because the people is the church. The people is the church, not the building. And so if the people are blessed, then automatically the church has to be blessed. So how come the people are being blessed and yet the church is the same? It means that when the people gather, they do not gather as a church, but they gather as individuals. They gather as individuals. They gather as individuals. And the people with one accord, the Bible said in Acts 2, they gathered with one accord, one heart, one mind. These days we gather with our own mindset. We gather with our own ideologies. We gather with our own hopes, with our own dreams. It is not about us anymore. It is about me. It is not about us anymore. It is about me. Let me say it again. It is not about us anymore. It is about me. I am sorry, but I have to say these things. Dead works. Dead works. It is worse than sin. That is the first principle of Jesus. Dead works. Dead works. Show off. Dead works. Dead works. Forget about sin. Dead works. You can be telling me there are some things I do not do, man of God. So I am not like them. And yet, you gather with your own mindset. You come here with your own mindset. Dead works. Listen to this. Today, there is something that has become very common in this country and around the world. Side hustle, be grinding all day. Dead works are the works of our hands. These are works of self-righteousness. They are appropriately called dead works because they lead to death eventually. Side hustle, side this, work hard, push it, you can do it. 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 Who told you? Push it, you can do it. You listen to motivational speakers. You listen to too many motivational speakers. These people are not even spiritual. They say things because they want to. Those people, listen, motivational speakers, the greater percentage of those people are already successful. And they come, they will be making videos and you are watching and you are so motivated. And a man said, and, and a guy said, and this person said, and they are branding themselves on social media, and, and they are getting paid for, for, for the views they are getting, and all you are doing is you are only watching them, deriving motivation from them. That works. When did we replace God with motivational speakers? Proverbs chapter 14 and Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, and Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. These two scriptures say the same thing. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It seems right to you. Keep on working hard. Keep on pushing. Keep on doing. Keep on hustling. Tell you this life there is all about working hard. It's about who told you it's all about working hard. Am I saying you shouldn't work hard? I am saying work hard, but what I am saying is most of the things we call hard working are only labor. These things are just dead works that God has not even instructed us to be there yet. 
You are running two jobs. Has God asked you to run two jobs? You are renting apartments. Has God asked you anything you are doing to fetch money for yourself that God has not asked you to do? That thing is what we call dead works. Do you understand? Am I encouraging the people to be poor? No, that is not what I'm saying. But you make sure that every single thing you are into, God is giving you the go-ahead to pursue it. There are are people who are owning two businesses and yet they are still struggling and there is someone who is only selling charcoal and she is making it much bigger than the person owning two businesses. How can this be? Because the one that is selling charcoal is doing it because God has asked her to have and the other person owning business that person is doing it because they want people to know that they are hard working they want to prove to their own selves that they are hard working these are dead works these are dead works if i come and i prophesy to you from the 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 greatest person to the least and i I, and i'm done and i end the session and god never asked me to prophesy everything i did in the service is what we call dead works am i am i explaining something These dead works are lethal because the thing that most keeps people from Jesus Christ is the belief that they can do good without Him. As long as I work hard, I do not need God. And Africans, they are crazy and they are lazy, and that is why they are always spending their time in the church. Are you much more hard working than Africans? Do you think the wise are much more hard working than what do they do? Please. Do not listen to unnecessary things on the internet and on the news and on TV. And stop coming to church and stop praying and and stop believing God for change because somebody somewhere is saying lazy people are those who are believing God. No, no, now I'm not talking about those who are just sleeping in their rooms believing in God. That is laziness. That is not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about someone who is working hard and is still believing God to make a way. That is what I am talking about. I am not talking about the one who is sleeping all day and is believing you are lazy. We do not sleep all day. I am a man of God. I do not sleep all day. I am a graphic designer. I do not sleep all day. You do not sleep all day and say I am believing God. For what? That's not what I'm talking about. Keep on working hard, but keep on following God. In Listen, never make your job an excuse to stay away from God. Never. Listen to this. Unfortunately, many people have been led astray by motivational speakers as they are told every day to be self-confident, to be self-motivated, to be self-inspired, to be strong and to believe in their dreams as though your success in this life is solely dependent on your mindset. No, it is not. Success, your success in this life is not only dependent on your, on your mindset. Who told you? And even if it is, success in the area of business and self-ambition is not the only reason why we are here on earth. There is a greater purpose. There is a greater destiny for you. You are not just here to be successful in business. You are not just here to be successful in your area of expertise. No. 
keep on pursuing your education keep on building up yourself keep on pushing keep on working hard but listen in all you do make sure that the lord is with you every step of the way every step of the way let me move on to the second principle i told you there are six fundamental teachings of jesus the first one is what i just spoke on repentance from dead works repent from dead works repent people repent repent the second principle is faith toward god now i'm going to say something that many of you might want to crucify me for saying that but i have to say it because it is the truth faith is neutral grounds faith is not entirely a spiritual thing because faith means complete trust or confidence in someone or something follow carefully so faith is not spiritual having faith doesn't mean you're a christian having faith doesn't doesn't qualify you as a believer having faith doesn't qualify you as a son of god that is why the bible said for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god not as many as as have faith are the sons of god do you understand the fact that you have faith doesn't mean you are a son of god that is what i'm saying (laughs) why am i saying this faith it's neutral grounds it has nothing to do with god but the bible is saying the second principle of jesus is for you to have faith towards god many of you your faith is towards your uncle your faith is towards your wife your faith is towards your husband your faith is towards your spiritual father your faith is towards the dream you have your faith is towards the business you are running i came to tell you if this is what you have your faith in then one day you will surely be disgraced it is not enough But the Bible is saying you must have faith in God. You must have faith towards God. You must learn to learn to put all your trust in God. People, people, am I speaking to somebody? Who do you believe in? You believe in your biological father too much. I have been there. Listen, take it for me when I tell you this. I, I, I was so sure as long as I had my father, my biological father on my side, that was all I needed in this life. But when I grew up, I knew and I learned that I had made a mistake and I was, I was making a mistake and I couldn't rely on my father anymore. I couldn't rely on my mother anymore. I couldn't rely on anybody else but God because all my life, my faith was in my father when it had to be in my God. Listen, when I'm giving you such messages, do not think I have prepared a message and I'm bringing it to you. I am the first receiver of this message. It means that I am a part of it. Every message that you ever hear me preach, I am the first receiver. The message comes to me first to rectify my errors, to correct my mistakes, and then God will instruct me to bring that same message to you. You believe in your beauty. You believe 
in your consistency you believe in your hard working you believe in the things you love to do you believe in your passion you believe in your relationship i'm not saying do not believe in it but what i am telling you is your faith must entirely be towards god and not that thing Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 These are just basic teachings of Jesus Which means that We are supposed to have moved from this level Over 2000 years ago And 2022 years later A prophet called Vincent Chematin Is still preaching those same basic things It tells you where the level of the church is today Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith what kind of faith is this is it just the normal faith the bible is saying and that's not of yourselves that faith i am talking about is not the faith that came from yourself it's not the faith that came from your heart it's not the faith that came from your mind but the bible is saying it is the gift of god this faith this kind of god this god kind of faith only comes from god because it is a gift from god Please, stay away from self-motivation, self-confidence, self-this. Anything that begins with self is, is problematic. Have you not thought about it? Anything, any word that begins with self has a problem with it. Self-this, self-that, self-this, self-that, self-this, self-that. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must learn to deny that self. Because anything that begins with self is problematic. It means you are selfish. 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 If you haven't noticed. Self. Any word that begins with self has a problem. Are you on the same page? Oh, are you sad that you are in church? Are you not happy with the message? Are you mad at me that I'm giving you the word of God? But it is my prayer that whilst I am preaching these things, whilst I am yet preaching and teaching these things, you will learn to deny yourself. Sewer, you will learn to deny yourself. Graysam, you will learn to deny yourself. Ali Josephine, you will learn to deny yourself. Dorcas will learn to deny herself. Because until you deny yourself, your, your personality cannot be seen. Your spirituality cannot cannot be seen your purpose cannot be revealed because what goes before you have is yourself but what needs to go before you have is the spirit of god and the spirit of god cannot entirely take charge of you whilst you are leading yourself with yourself by yourself i am sorry that you seem not to like my message but i came to give you that which i have been sent to release unto the people and unto the churches here ye here ye have this is the word of God and these things are even the the basic teachings of, of Christ and yet we are still fumbling we are still struggling we are still not content because we are not 
growing as a church. We are not building up as a church. We are not leveling up as a church. We are not germinating as a church. We are not growing as a church. That is the problem we have. But I pray that even as I am speaking to you, the Lord God will reveal these things to your own heart. That it will not be because I said, but it will be because God revealed in the name of Jesus. I, I wish that I will be speaking to the next generation of people who will be taking control of the world and the only purpose of their power is for the glory of God. I, I pray that the power of the economy will be in the hands of the church. The power of finances will be in the hands of the church. The power of, of, of agriculture will be in the hands of the church. The power of the prophetic will be in the hands of the church. The power of the media will be in the hands of the church. That all this nonsense going around will come to a halt because the people of God have now risen up to their place of power, to their place of favor, to their place of grace in the name of Jesus. But how can the people get there while they are not they are not denying themselves? There are too many selfish prophets. There are too many selfish ministers. There are too many selfish congregants. It is my prayer that the next generation will arise out of you. That the next generation will come forth out of you. That the next generation will emerge out of you. Solely with the fear of God. With the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That we will fear God in all our ways. That we will stop seeing other mediums. We will stop seeking idols. We will stop seeking help from human beings. That we will put our confidence in God. We will not go around begging. We will not go around, around crying on people. But our confidence will be in God. He is our God. If God has never failed anybody, then He will never fail you. What makes you think that you need to put your trust in that man? What makes you think you need to put your confidence in that woman. What makes you think you need to put your trust in that boss? What makes you think you need to put your trust in any mortal? Come on. I came with a greater message and that is the basic teaching of Christ. Your faith must be in God. Your faith must be in God. Your faith must be in God. Declare after me. My faith must be in God. My faith must be in God. My faith must be in God. Come on, declare it until it changes you. My faith must be in God. Come on, come on, come on. Let's show Come on, let 
Let the church arise. Come on. Let the church arise. Come on. Let your spirit arise in you. Come on. Let the spirit of God in you come forth. Come on. Let it arise. Come on. Let it out. Put aside your flesh. Put aside your body. Put aside your confidence in men. Let your spirit arise. It is only your spirit that will respond to these words of the spirit. All people. Somebody come forth, let it come forth. Come on, let it come forth. Come on, let it come forth. Let the supra Let go shakataba supra. Lepilipa. Regadosha. Zebra. Shepra. Let the katapa. Let it rise. Let it rise. Let the katapa. Let go tapa. Repadosha. Let supresh the paribo. By God, let Shatapapa, what a God, what a God, Liko Shapanamanama. Please, this is not any deep message. This is the basic teachings of Jesus. He came to lay the foundation that we will build upon it. Tonight, we are revisiting the foundation that Jesus laid. Now, let us move to the third fundamental teaching. It is called baptisms. Baptism. Somebody say baptisms. Baptisms. Ah, my God, my God, my God. Listen to this. Notice. Notice how the Bible doesn't say baptism, but plural, baptisms. Please, I hope you know what plural is. Please, if you do not know, let me see your hand. If you have no idea what the word plural means, let me see your hand. You will go back to class one today. Madu Plural baptisms. Plural. The Bible doesn't say baptism because there is not just one baptism. According to the New Testament, maybe some of you have never heard this before. According to the New Testament, there are three baptisms in the New Testament. Who knew? Who knows there are three baptisms in the New Testament? If you know, say I know. If you don't, say I don't. Quickly, 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 quickly. Work with me, work with me. Thank you. I see I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Wonderful. So it is good that we are revisiting the fundamental teachings of Jesus. There are three baptisms in the Bible. 
And since you guys do not know, I'm guessing you haven't gone through all three yet. But let's see. The first baptism hmm, is called the baptism of the new birth. Uh huh. So, Mami Akasa. My shadow brother Gadabadaba. Listen to this. The first baptism is called the baptism of the new birth. When one is born again, he or she is baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. That is the first baptism. It is called the baptism of the new birth. Have you not accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? That was your first baptism. That is when you are baptized into the body of Christ. Do you understand? Are we on the same page? Quickly. Sawa. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Are we on the same page? Yes. So if you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, then you have already gone through the first baptism. It is called the baptism of the new birth. That is when you become born again. That is the first baptism. Now the second baptism is called the water baptism. That is only an outward sign of an inward grace. <laughs> it is only an outward sign of an inward grace. Do you understand? It is an outward sign. You see, the very moment I use the word outward sign or the phrase outward sign, it means that it is not very relevant. <laughs> the second baptism is called the water baptism it is only an outward sign of an inward grace that is why you never see jesus baptizing anybody in water am i saying it is not important no it is important but that is not all there is and that is not the most important thing the first baptism you cannot do away you cannot go around it that is the baptism of the new birth but the second baptism that is the water baptism you can you can you can decide not to do it that is not what is important it is only symbolic of that which you carry on the inside do you understand how many of us are baptized with water so that is why you see the church decides to fight upon the things that are not relevant so these days churches are fighting over the immersion underwater and then the sprinkling of water because we think what is important is the immersion of the water. That is not what is... Even the water baptism is not what is important. It is only symbolic. It is a symbol. Just like the anointing oil. The anointing oil is only a symbol. So if you enter the house of a spiritual person and you do not find an anointing oil, it doesn't mean they are not correct and they are not spiritual. It is not the anointing oil that makes you spiritual. It is only symbolic. That is the same thing the water baptism stands for. It is only an outward sign of an inward grace. That is why when the sinner died with Jesus on the cross and, and he said, Lord, remember me, remember me. The Bible said, Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise. Today, you shall be with me in paradise. Today, you shall be with me in paradise. The man was never baptized by water or with water or immersed under water because he was already hanging on the cross. Baptism of the blood. Whilst he was bleeding the cause of Jesus, he was bleeding through his arms. He was bleeding through his feet. You see, there are much present things than water baptisms. 
most important, number one, is the baptism of the new birth. You need to accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. There is no way you can go around it. And so when that sinner on the cross was begging Jesus, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. That was a confession of a heart or of his heart that was calling upon Jesus and was declaring Jesus as God. And he knew. Jesus knew as he was God. He knew as he was a spiritual man that whilst the man prayed, he was already accepting him in his heart. It is not about saying it with your mouth, but it is about believing it in your heart. And while he prayed, Lord God, have mercy on me. Lord God, have mercy on me. He was being baptized into the baptism of the new birth. And whilst he was yet on the cross, he was born again. And Jesus said, today, this day, you will be with me in paradise. He was never baptized with water. Follow carefully. And the church fights over the things that are not important. Water baptism. Did you see Jesus baptizing anybody with water? Let's move on. So the first baptism is called the baptism of the new birth. So you cannot say, I do not believe in water baptism. No. Or I do not believe in the baptism of the new birth. No, you cannot. It is, it is all scriptural. But there are more present matters. The, the third baptism is called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the biblical evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now many people think since they can't speak in tongues, it means that they are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. Listen. Being baptized with the Holy Ghost does not mean you speak in tongues. You can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. But if you do not pursue the gift of speaking in tongues, you might never speak in tongues for the rest of your life. Is there anybody here that doesn't speak in tongues? Is there anybody here that doesn't speak in tongues? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is when you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of you. That is when you begin to follow the steps of the Holy Spirit from the inside of you. That you do not need your spiritual father to tell you to do this before you do it because you have the Holy Spirit in you and that is the level where you have the ability or the chance to become a son of God if you yield to the leadings of the Holy Ghost because the Bible said for as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God and so when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of you and you begin to yield and submit to his authority and he begins to lead you in every way that is when you become a son of God you do not become a son because you are baptized you do not become a son because you are praying in tongues you do not become a son because you are prophesying but you become a son because you are leading you are following the leadings of the holy ghost it means that what makes you spiritual or what makes you a son is not your ability to pray or even to speak in tongues no it is just being led by the spirit have you ever been led by the holy ghost and something told me how dare you call the holy spirit something I was going to town and something told me I shouldn't come and and I didn't go and there was an explosion in the area I went to I was coming and something how dare you call the Holy Spirit something 
he is God, the Holy Spirit, and he dwells on the inside of you. And he kept you from going to town. He kept you from making a mistake. He kept you from entering into a wrong relationship. And you are saying, something told you. How dare you? How dare you call the Holy Spirit something? And it's happening. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verse 3. 3 to 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? A disciple is he who, who stays in the teachings of their leader, even when the leader is absent. A disciple is he that follows the will of God, even when they do not experience the presence of God. A disciple is he who does the right things, even when nobody is watching. Are you a disciple? Or you are only spiritual when your spiritual father is around. You are only spiritual when you have money. You are only spiritual when you are in a good mood. You are only spiritual when things are good for you. Are you a disciple? He came and he found some disciples. How was he able to know that these people were disciples? By their attitude, by their character, by their lifestyle. What lifestyle do you have? Or you spend the nights in the club. What lifestyle do you have? Or you, you go around abusing women and taking people for granted. What lifestyle do you have? Or you insult like your life is yours. Are you humble? Are you submissive? Do you listen to the instructions of God? Acts chapter 19. Verse 2. Paul asked them. They were disciples. But Paul asked them. Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? Listen to this. Listen. There's a very deep thing here. He found them to be disciples. And yet these disciples did not have the Holy Spirit yet. Do you understand? It is not having the Holy Spirit that makes you a disciple. (laughs) There are too many people in the church who have the Holy Spirit and are still fools. Because they do things in their own way. They do things in their own light. They do not care about anybody or anyone. Even before they received the Holy Ghost, Paul could tell they were disciples. How? Their lifestyle. Your lifestyle is very important. The things you portray, very, very important. How people see you. It's very important. I'm not talking about trying to fake for people to think you have made it. I'm not talking about making it. I'm talking about having the good character of God, the character of a minister, the character of an anointed, submissiveness, humility, peace. Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? So they said, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Ghost. They said, The disciples said, We had no idea 
that there was anything or anyone called the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine? So how did these people even become disciples in the first place? E. So even when they have not received the Holy Ghost yet, they learned to stick to the word of God. And yet today, the people in the church today who even have the Holy Spirit living in them, see the lifestyle you are living. And and after all is said and done, you come and say, Who told you? That is nonsense. You think when Jesus came, he, he was walking around slapping people? What kind of leader would he have been? You think he was walking around insulting people? What kind of leader would he have been? Your lifestyle is important. The songs you listen to is important. The, the people you spend your time with is important. Where you spend your time, it, everything is important. Who told you? Your character is important. Your attitude is important. The way you speak is important. The way you handle matters, everything is important. We have not heard that there is even somebody called the Holy, the Holy Spirit. And yet, many of you will say, oh, I have the Holy Spirit, man of God. Oh, of course. Oh, I have it. And so what? I have him. And so what? Verse 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And so they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, that is the baptism of the new birth and the baptism of the water. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. These days we believe in our pastors more than we believe in God. You know God is telling you not to do it. But your pastor says, it is okay, do it. And you go and do it. And you expect God to step into it. Hmm. The Bible said, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. (sighs) Being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Which brings us to the, the, the next fundamental teaching of Jesus. That's the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Who lays hands on you is very important. Who lays hands on you is very important. Who lays hands on you is very important. You go around, you are going, every man of God is praying for you some. Who lays hands on you is very important. Because the Bible said, and Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. There are some men of God, they lay hands on you. The only thing you receive is lust. There are some men of God, they lay hands on you. The only thing you receive is is. It's envy that some men of God they will lay hands on you. The only thing you will see is calamity and destruction. Who lays hands on you is very important. Those of you who go around receiving prayers from every single man of God you meet, you are receiving all sorts of things. Hear me? The laying on of hands. There are lots of churches that claim they do not believe in the laying on of hands. Are you wiser than Jesus? Are you smarter than Jesus? Are you deeper than Jesus? Jesus is saying the next thing, the next fundamental thing that every believer must believe in, it is a must, is the laying on of hands. 
I've met a lot of people who say, I do not believe in men of God that lay hands on people. You, who do you think you are? Please, give us a break. You, you, you do not believe in the laying on of hands. Hey, laying on of hands is not about the man of God touches you and you fall down. Please. It is not the falling down that is important. It is the laying on of hands. You see, I don't know what is with this generation. When a man of God lays hands on you and you do not fall down, it doesn't mean there is no power in it or the man of God is not powerful. How many people? Jesus laid hands on so many people. How many of them did you hear that they fell down? Please. The church always fights over the things that are not relevant. Jesus is preaching about the laying on of hands and we are fighting over those who are falling down after the laying on of hands. What is this? Ah. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 9 The Bible said And Joshua the son of man Was full of the spirit of wisdom For Moses had laid hands on, Upon him And the children of Israel hinting unto him It means that the only reason Joshua had the spirit of wisdom Was because his spiritual father Who was Moses Laid hands upon him Listen if anybody must lay hands Upon you that person at least Must be your spiritual father not just any man of God. I'm not saying if any other man of God is coming to pray for you, do not allow it. Or if any other man of God is coming to lay hands on you, do not allow it. But do not chase after that. For Moses had laid his hands upon Joshua and the spirit of wisdom was upon him. People. Ha. What spirit are you walking under? Is it the same spirit that is upon your spiritual father? If it is not, then, then you are not serving well. You think having a spiritual father is not relevant? Who told you? The Bible said, and the, and, and the people of Israel, he came unto the voice of Joshua because Moses had laid his hands upon him. Who is laying their hands upon you? Who is laying their hands upon you? Please, calm down. Humble yourself. You have learned something new. It doesn't mean you are greater than your spiritual father. In the realms of the spirit, hierarchy is not determined by who knows more. Please, in the realms of the spirit, hierarchy is not determined by he that knows more, but hierarchy is determined by he who is placed there by God. It means that if you know a hundred things and I only know four, the fact that God has placed me ahead of you means that you will never overtake me spiritually. That is how it is. You cannot break the protocol. You are not wiser than God. You can do some miracles your spiritual father cannot do. It doesn't mean you are higher. It doesn't mean you are greater. You can preach some messages your spiritual father. Listen, the Lord is using me to do some things that probably God has not used my spiritual father to do yet. It doesn't mean I'm higher than him. Hey! People, how do you see authority in the realms of the spirit? How do you see authority? You know. And so what? You have learnt. And so what? You have understanding. And so what? That is good for you. It doesn't place you over the people God has placed over you. Please. 
Humble yourself, church. Humble yourself, submit under your leader. Take their leadings. Today I was listening to Apostle Joshua someone. He said, when you are in the midst of greatness, learn to talk less. It is not when you are with the fathers of faith that you want to prove that you know things, that you want to prove that you have learned things, that you want to prove that you have acquired things. That is not relevant when you are in the midst of people who are ahead of you. Humble yourself and learn from them. You will know, you will definitely know things they do not know. You will definitely understand things they do not understand. That is not what is relevant. What is relevant is learn from them. That is all. Please, when we preach these messages, do not think we are twisting the word of God. I am not twisting the word of God. Though. I am not the kind of preacher who come and tell you when you see your spiritual father coming, come and lie on the floor for them to walk over you. Listen, that is not the kind of preacher that I am. I did not come to preach about how relevant my position is. I came to preach to you about that which God wants the church to know. Hmm. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. And they ministered to the Lord. They ministered to the Lord. They fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Listen to this. Those of you who think because you have a ministry, because you have a calling, you do not need anybody. Listen to this. Hmm. They ministered to the Lord. They were already ministers. They fasted. They had the ability to fast. And the Holy Ghost said, They could hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. Separate me, Paul. Or Saul and Barnabas for the work unto which I have called them. They had the calling of God. And yet, verse 3 says, And when they had fasted and prayed, the apostles laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas and sent them. Even though they had the calling of God to be sent by God, the apostles needed to lay their hands upon them to send them off. This is the reason there is too much pride in the ministry today. You think you are called, that is all that is relevant. You think you have the calling, you have the gift, that is all that is important. There are times that before I release a flyer, I have to send it to my spiritual father. And I will tell him, Papa, so upon your approval, I would like to release my flyer on this day. Up to now. Our invitation card for our marriage is not out yet because I said until I send it to my spiritual father for him to approve it, I will never release it. Do I not hear the voice of the Holy Ghost? Am I not a prophet? Have I not been called and sent forth to minister to the people? Why am I waiting for the approval of my spiritual father before I release it? Why? Even Paul submitted himself for the apostles to lay hands on them, even after the Holy Spirit sent them. Do not tell me I've been sent by God, so Papa, that's all that's important. Hey, hmm. let's move on to the next doctrine. This is the last but one. Also, for Gabriel, you are in the ministry. This is very important. We need to learn these basic things. 
I know you have been sent by God. It doesn't mean you, you do not need approval from any man. You might not need approval from any man, but you need the laying on of hands from your spiritual father. Yes, you do. Unless God himself tells you that you do not. <laughs> Let's move on. The next thing is the resurrection of the dead. And why is the resurrection of the dead important? Is it important? Yes, it is important because if we do not think or if the church doesn't think, if the church doesn't think the resurrection of the, of the dead is important, then the second coming of Jesus is not important. But it is because it is going to transform the entire universe. So please listen to me. Immediately after Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden and the sentence of death was handed down to them and their descendants, humanity began to face the question, is there life after death? Hmm. So, is there life after death? L. Is there life after death? B. Is there life after death? Why do we waste our time preaching about it? You think we waste our time preaching about life after death? You think I waste my time because I have a message called What happens after you die? You think it is irrelevant? This was a fundamental teaching of Jesus. Please. <laughs> it means it doesn't matter what your revelation is. It can never depart from these six things. Yeah. You can say you do not believe in the anointing oil. The anointing oil is not part of the six fundamental teachings. You can say you do not believe in anything else which is not part of the six things. But you can never say you do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And the teaching of it. You are not wiser than Jesus. He taught about it. The patriarch Job said in Job chapter 14 verse, verse 14. If a man dies, shall he live again? Why is he asking if there is life after death? Is there life after death? Do you think it is irrelevant? People, come on. I will not waste my time and come and teach irrelevant things here for two hours. I will not. I fear God too much to come and teach unnecessary things here. So when you see me teaching teaching about life after death, it is not because I think I've gone to read some things and I'm come to waste your time. No. No, I fear God too much To gather the people of God Just to talk about unnecessary things To talk about the car that I bought To, to talk about the, the new place I have moved to To talk about the things I bought for my wife Please, I fear God too much I do not have time for this It is important Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 verse 31 but concerning the resurrection of the dead have you not read what was spoken to you by god saying verse 32 i am the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob and every time that god said this god said this these people had already died even now god still says i am the god of abraham i am the god of isaac i am the god of jacob Abraham is dead, right? According to the history of the Bible. We all know that Abraham is dead. We all know that Isaac is dead. 
we all know that Jacob is dead. Why is God still saying, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, I am the God of Jacob? God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Follow carefully. I'm taking my time here because I want you to understand something. God is the God of the living and not the God of the dead. Which means that if today God still says, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, I am the God of Jacob, then it stands to reason that Abraham is not dead, Isaac is not dead, and Jacob is not dead. What am I saying? Ah, is the prophet going crazy? Is he going mad? What is wrong with him? Abraham is not dead. Yes, Abraham is not dead. His physical body is dead, yes. But a human being is not a body. A human being is a spirit. When that body dies, the spirit lives on in a place called hell. I have this scripture into details. I have a full message on it, so I won't go deep into it. There is a scripture in the Bible that says that Abraham spoke to a man in Hades and Abraham himself he spoke from a place called paradise. Please. These men are still living. And the righteous men are living in paradise. And the sinful men, they are living in Hades. So these men are still living. Those who died in their sins are living. Those who died in God are living. They are all still living. Their physical body is no longer on earth. But they are still living in a realm called hell. I have this message in detail. So I won't go into details today. Just look for my message. What happens after you die? What happens after I die? I have this message into details. So uh, the, the fact that God still says I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, means that these men are still living. It means that your grandfather that died is still living. Your father that died is still living. Your mother that died is still living. Except they are now living in a realm called hell. Either they are in paradise or they are in Hades. That is what it means. I know you miss them But they are still living on I know you are feeling their absence But they are still living on I had an encounter when a woman came to me In the realms of the spirit And she spoke to me from paradise And that was the first time I ever encountered that To encounter a spirit from paradise What a glorious thing I pray that you will not by any chance End up in Hades But when you die Your spirit will live on in paradise and this is not just about prayer it is about how you will live it doesn't matter how much i will pray for you if you still do not live right you will die and when you die you will not end up in a place of peace you will not end up in a place of 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 comfort you will not end up in a place of rest but you will end up in a place called Hades. so please people hear the word of god and change your lifestyle change your attitude change your behavior towards the things of the spirit it. Hear me, people. Hear me. These are only fundamental teachings, basic. I'm not. I'm not talking about anything deep today. These things are not deep. These things are only foundational. So those of you who are saying, hey, "The man of God is deep," you see, it's not because I'm deep. Oh. You just don't know your basic principles. They hmm. call 
And as you are sharing the link, you are praying. As you are sharing, you are praying. Leka shato bada 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 ba. Rekados katabra diva. Lekados shapada bada ba. Rekados katabra da. Libra 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 libra. Rekados kata. Leso bada ba le bada da. Rekados kata. Letetete bada bada ba. Rekados kata ba. Lesha rekados. Lekata bada ba. Rekados kata. Leso rekados kata ba. Rekados bada bada Such glory. Such glory. Listen to me. Let me talk to you about the last or the sixth principle, fundamental teaching of Jesus. It is called eternal judgment. This is the last thing, and we are out of here. Oh God, the Lord is here. The spirit of joy is in the house. The Lord says, as she told you, the spirit of joy is in the house. Those of you who have been crying, the Lord said, joy is finding its way back into your hands. Those of you who have been weeping, those of you who have been going through a lot of joy is here. Joy is here. Joy is here. Joy is here. You can take my word for this. I can assure you, in the next one week, you shall receive a testimony in the next one week you shall receive a breakthrough in the next one week you shall receive a good news I pray I know how things are weighing you down I know how you are going through things I know how you cannot talk about your challenges I know how that things are hanging around your neck but I came to tell you joy is here joy is here the Bible said where the spirit of God is there is liberty and where the presence of God is there is fullness of joy your joy shall be full. Your joy shall be full. Your joy shall be full. I declare over your life, my God, come on, receive your joy. Receive your joy. Receive your joy. Some of you are going to begin to laugh right now. You shall, you shall begin to laugh right now. If you are going through what I am talking about, if you are experiencing what I am talking about, say, I am, I am. I want to know the number of people who are experiencing the joy say Ayabali all of a sudden there is a laughter coming that will be the symbol of the joy it will be the sign of the joy it will be the sign if you are experiencing it say Ayaba it is coming say Ayaba come on somebody your joy is here you will not cry forever you will not weep forever you will not be down forever your joy is here I declare over your life, your joy is here. Where the spirit of God is, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. Declare fullness of joy. 
Bradosha Paradosha, Liborabaha, Presabaha, Lekatabaha, say I receive it, say I receive it, Kaloranaha, I lay my hands upon you, I lay my hands upon you, receive the Holy Ghost and be full of joy, receive the Holy Ghost, your business will be full of joy, receive the Holy Ghost and your resource will be full of joy, receive the Holy Ghost and your traveling will be full of joy, receive the Holy Ghost and the anointing of joy is coming upon you, the oil for joy, all you for gladness, all you for laughter, receive it now. Redoshapa, less than the Braham, Lekotoha Paniba, Rekatoha, Lekakapa, Redoshapa, Lesabraka, Likotapa, Leshabradiha, Ayayaya, Likotoha, you shall begin to laugh, Lekotopapa, and everything will fall in place. Your finances will fall in place, that job will fall in place, that employment will fall in place, that less level will fall in place. That breakthrough will fall in place. That relationship will fall in place. That marriage will fall. Yeah, yeah. Likoshapalita, Bradosh Kapalima, Redentalaba, Lekatapa. Come receive it now. Lishapatapa, Likoshapa, Lesopraba, Repadasha, Redevra, Repredevra, Rakatosha, Lekatapa, Lekatapa. Release the praise of God. Release the praise of God. Release the praise of God. Your life will be full of joy. 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 In the name of Jesus. My God. The last fundamental teaching. Hmm. The Bible said. Eternal judgment. The Bible said eternal judgment. And not the eternal judgment. There is no article there. There. Which means that. This eternal judgment that Jesus was talking about was not just about the judgment on the day of judgment. Do you understand? Am I, am I making sense? Understand? When the Bible talks about eternal judgment in this context, the Bible is not only talking about the judgment day. Do you understand? Okay. So, you need to understand this so that I can build on it for you. The Bible said eternal judgment and not the eternal judgment. Which means the Bible is not only referring to the eternal judgment on judgment day. But also the eternal judgment that is happening in our everyday lives today. Ah, somebody's wondering. So Papa, do I go through eternal judgment every day? Yes, you do. <laughs> because Eternal judgment means... Considered decisions or conclusions that are made by God since before the beginning of time over the lives of his creation. And so when God decides to do you good, that is his eternal judgment over your life. When God decides to punish you, that is his eternal judgment in your life today. When God decides to promote you at your workplace, that is his eternal judgment upon your life today. Do you understand? It is as a result of the eternal judgment of God we have we have scriptures like Isaiah chapter 3 verse 11 the bible said woe to the wicked disaster is upon them they will be paid back for what their hands have done Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 the bible said do not be deceived God cannot be mocked a man reaps what he sows Proverbs chapter 26 verse 27 the bible says if a man digs a pit he will fall into it if a man rolls a stone it will roll back on him 
Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 the Bible says so in everything do to others what you have what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophet which means that God is judging people eternally every day no matter what you do now for as long as there are consequences for what you do that is what it means that is what Jesus is talking about eternal judgment listen this is just a shadow of what is to come so that you will not foolishly say if Jesus was going to come he would be here by now so that you would know Jesus is surely going to come because even now God is judging his people eternally every day today he is judging us tomorrow he will judge us yesterday he judged us do not think that Jesus is not coming I know for a fact he is coming how do I know because he is judging us even now he is judging you even now have you ever suffered the consequences of your own actions that is the eternal judgment of God it stands to reason that God finally is going to give us the eternal judgment on the final day do you understand do not tell me jesus is not coming they said it many years ago if jesus was going to come he would be here okay keep on saying those things i will end with revelation chapter 20 verse 11 Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. (laughs) The dead were not judged by their sins. The dead were not judged by their iniquities. The dead were not judged by anything else but their works. People, the things you are doing today, they are very important. Because if you think God is going to judge us based on sin, then nobody will enter heaven. No. We will not be judged according to our sin, but we will be judged according to our works. Hmm. Anything you are doing that is not in the will of God is recorded. Anything you do that is in the will of God is recorded. And the writer said, and the books were opened. 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 And the dead were judged according to their works, not according to their sins. Because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But on that day we will be judged based on our works. How much of the things we did were in the will of God. And how much of the things we did were outside the will of God. And on that great day, 
On that great day, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Those who died at sea, they were resurrected. You do not believe in the resurrection of the dead? This is my word for you. You do not think Jesus is coming again? This is my word for you. You think if Jesus was really going to come, he would be here by now. The sea gave out the dead who were in it. And death, even death himself and Hades, they were they delivered up the dead. Those who died, even death, death said, I cannot hold on to the dead anymore. Please let go of me. And Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each again, one according to his works. They were judged, each one according to his works. They were judged, each one according to... <laughs> Listen, in Sunday school they taught us we will be judged based on our sin. Please, that is not what our Bible is saying. The Bible is saying we will be judged according to our works. Which means that anything you are doing outside the will of God, it doesn't matter whether that thing is sin or not, you'll be judged based on it. If you are blessing people outside the will of God, if you are giving money outside the will of God, if you are touching lives outside the will of God, you'll be judged negatively. That is what it means. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. People, I am ending my message. These are the seven, sorry, the six fundamental teachings of Jesus. And you realize these are not only points, but these actually follow each other because the first thing that Jesus or the writer stated was repentance from dead works. And after you have repented from your dead works, he is saying you must develop your faith not in people but now in God. And after you have developed your faith in God, you must enter into the baptisms, the baptism of the new birth. The baptism, because if you do not have faith in God, you cannot accept God as your Lord and personal Savior in the first place. So before you can be baptized, you must first have faith in God. And after you are baptized, you go through the three stages of baptism. That is the baptism of the new birth, the baptism of water, and now the baptism of the Spirit. After you are baptized, now the man of God lays hands on you. Now your spiritual father lays hands on you. Now the minister lays hands on you that you might receive the Holy Ghost. And after you receive the Holy Ghost, he will reveal unto you that there is resurrection of the dead is possible and it is happening
happening up and it is going to happen up do not think up that the resurrection of the dead up is just a myth up i came to give you an announcement up this is not a myth up this is the word of god up the dead will one day rise up and we shall sit before up the judgment seat of god up that is the eternal judgment of god up so you realize up that the fundamental teachings of jesus up actually puts together up forms a sentence up which means up for one up to be saved up the person must repent from their dead works up and then up they can now up go through up and build up their faith to god up and after they build up their faith to god up they will go through the series of baptisms up and then the man of god will lay hands on them up and now up they will receive the holy ghost up and after they receive the holy ghost up the spirit of god will reveal unto them up that the resurrection of the dead up is one day going to happen up and after you are after you are taught these mysteries up, now you come to understand up that surely, surely up, Jesus is coming again up, and there will surely be an eternal judgment up. Anybody that says up that Jesus is not coming again up, any church that says up that Jesus is not coming again up, means those people up do not have the Holy Ghost up. Let me say this again up: They can crucify me if they want up. They can persecute me if they want up. They can insult me if they want up. I know they will call me a small boy. And that I do not know anything. I thank God that I know this. I came to tell you any church that says Jesus is not coming again, and there is no resurrection after that. That church and the people of the church and the leadership of the church do not have the Holy Ghost in them. This is the word of God. Thank you, people, for making time to listen to the fundamental teachings of Jesus. God bless you so much. My name is Vincent Chamate, and I pray for for you have that my god have, will keep these words up in your heart have, and will write these things up on the tablet of your heart have, that you will not be doubting up you will not be deceived up you will not be ignorant up, in the mighty name of jesus have. god bless you so much lastly are there any first timers here are there any first timers here? Are you a first timer? This is the first time you are listening to us. This is Prayer Life Virtual Church, and I'm your host, Vincent Chamatin. If you're a first timer, God bless you guys so much. If you're a first timer, I want to see you. If there are no first timers, I really appreciate the support. Ruth Mensah. Hi, Ruth. Can I pray for you? Father, I pray for our sister Ruth Mensa, and I declare whatever expectations she had for joining the service, Lord God, exceed those expectations. Do great things in her life. Take over her battles and fight for her. Reveal deep mysteries to her and make every crooked path straight in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you for joining us. Ruth, the team would want to be in touch with you. If you do not mind, you can just share your WhatsApp number with us. Uh, my, PA, my PA will be in touch with you. We just want to say hi to you. We want to warmly welcome you. 
So if you do not mind, you can just share your WhatsApp number with us. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. Alright, see you guys on Wednesday for Midnight Vigil. Bye-bye.